This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Mully. Today, joined by Jamie Castle and Kieran Robertson, head of Liverpool at home. Jamie, how are you? Uh, can't be nothing other than excited, really. Um, Liverpool at home, Kenilworth Road. Probably second half under the lights, given it's now GMT. The Knights are drawing in. In the Premier League, you, you can't go much wrong with that. Um, so super excited and yeah it's uh, a delight to be talking all things Liverpool on the podcast I didn't even consider that that it's going to be under the lights Kieran how are you yeah you've made it sound a little bit better by saying that in you and um, also the important part just disclaimer for all the fans half ball kickoff on a Sunday means an extra hour and a half in spoons <laughs> get in after we lost an hour last Sunday Although there was no spoons because there was no spoons, but yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Miller. The world has thanks. Wicked way of uh, serving you back up. Well, <laughs> the first thing I want to mention today is the big giveaway that we have now announced. It's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's on everywhere that you follow us. Um, of course, it entails three wonderful prizes. We've got a 23-24 Luton Town shirt, any... Uh, home away or the third you choose we've also got three lots of a4 matthew j wood luton prints if you haven't seen his artwork on twitter check it out and i'm sure you'll be excited to to get your name in the hat solely because of that let alone the other prizes 
And we've also got the playoff final CFAX mug, which, um, yeah, again, very, very cool um, prize to, to be able to give out to one lucky winner. As we've mentioned, to get involved and to get your name in the hat, we need you to subscribe to Oak Road Hatter on YouTube. We need you to retweet or share this post on Instagram or Facebook. And to get to gain an extra entry, tag three people in the comments. We've got loads of people in the hat already. It's going to be interesting. 13th of November, it's the post-Manchester United pod. We will announce the winner. Let's go on to Liverpool. And they're in good nick, like Villa, in very good nick at the moment. They're fourth, 23 points from 10. Back to their best, Jamie, after last season where they weren't quite firing like we know they can. Can we can we fully say now that, that Liverpool have returned to that, you know, the upper echelons, the, the team that can challenge Manchester City, although there are probably a few this season? I think they're they're getting there they're on that path, as you said, last year was a tough year for, for the club and Klopp. Um performance is nowhere near what, what they are capable of. Um in terms of back to the best, probably not. I think if you look at that. Premier League title season and over the course of a, of a few seasons, they basically match City point for point over a long period of time. And I think for a significant part of that, they were probably better than City for, for 18 months. Um, so I think they're not at that level. I think they've still got a bit a bit to go. I think their midfield probably isn't as strong. I think that, that midfield of Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago or or, or Alden that was in there as well, um, that, that midfield of old was... Was certainly better than than this midfield at the minute in terms of structure, um, but yeah, they're, they're certainly on on the way to to getting back to their best. Um, front three probably as good as that front three was. Um, so yeah, it's it. It goes without saying it's going to be incredibly difficult in terms of their setup against stars four three three. They've they've sort of played in that that system for some time now. So players are just are used to playing in that system. They know inside out what Klopp wants, um, and that in itself is is massive, massively dangerous based on on the sort of manager that Klopp is tactically. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting a full throttle, probably entering game. We, we certainly will have our chances, um, but yeah, it, it's going to take a lot to to stop them up front as well. As we've mentioned there, Kieran. They've been fantastic so far. 23 points from 10 games, 2.3 points per game, that is. But away from home, it's eight points from five. Does that fill you with a bit of, I don't want to say hope, because it's not a desperate situation at all, because um, Luton can be as confident as they possibly can at Kenworth Row. We know that. But does that kind of play into our favour, the fact that they haven't been as dominant on the road? Of course it does. And I think the thing that I was thinking about this morning was sort of we can take solace from that Spurs performance where you think, yes, they were down to 10 men, but we remained competitive for 90 minutes throughout that entire game. And that's top of the league coming to the Kenny. Lunchtime kickoff in a different environment. They're not used to the soulless bowls that they're usually surrounded by with the rest of the league. But we offer something different. We offer something that they're not used to not just in, in environment, but play style as well. And at home, it sort of just gives us our chance to express ourselves. We're meant to be the dominant side. We've got the home advantage in air quotes, if people believe in that. 
And I think that's going to make another difference again. Sunday night on TV, Kenny's back under the lights. Usually brings those special moments. And everyone thinks of the last time we played Liverpool in that FA Cup game years and years ago, all that feels like now. Why can't we go and recreate a moment like that? Yes, Liverpool are in good nick. Yes, they're going to be the favourites going into the game. But like you said, that away statistic speaks volumes and all it takes is us to go 1-0 up and by God, you never know. And Kieran, sticking with you there, you mentioned the Spurs game. Can you see it panning out similar to how the sort of first half panned out where Tottenham were very, very good. They played some slick attacking football. We struggled at first to adapt to it, um, but but I think as the game wore on, we, we uh, grew more confident and, and we were braver with our pressing. Do you think that it could play out or do you think that we can learn from perhaps those mistakes and make it more difficult for a team like Liverpool to play that, that slick attacking football? I'd like to say I think we're learning from it. I think the difference compared to last season is a completely different ball game in terms of we were the team, we were the aggressor last season. We were the ones that stuck it on teams week in, week out, and they didn't know what to do with it. And that's how we won a lot of games of football last year. Whereas now we're coming into a season where we're the ones that are getting it stuck on us and we're a bit like, oh, hold on, what the hell's going on here at first? And that's why you look at that Spurs game, like you said, we could have been three down in 10 minutes because we just looked like we had no clue how to just comprehend this press and this quick football and the slick one-touch passing that Madison, Son, etc., had in their locker. And even you look at that Kulazevsky chance, one touch is all he needed. And he, all, he would have stuck it in the corner if it weren't for a world-class save from Kaminsky. It's going to be the same vibe, except now you're dealing with Luis Diaz, you're dealing with Darwin Nunez, Mo Salah, Cody Gakpo, Jota. You've got five players. They'll obviously play three of those five, realistically. They might even play four out of the five. But you've got three out of five of those who are unbelievable in front of goal. I mean, four out of five. Nunez is decent. But either way, just it's a lot to keep quiet at once. And I think that's the thing that we're trying to sort of adapt to is like, even you look at the Villa game on the weekend, yes, we were away from home, but it's just a higher quality of player that we've got to try and shut up at the moment. So it almost requires 110% from every single player now, every single game. And hopefully that will come fruitful on Sunday. And Jamie, Jurgen Klopp, manager of Liverpool for, for eight years now, eight years going strong. He's obviously done fantastic things with the club. Do you think Do you think Liverpool, under his stewardship, are still as strong as, say, that 18-month period where they were uh, more dominant in City? Do you see that faltering? Do you think he's you know, capable of continuing to, to lead Liverpool to that, that, as I said before, upper echelon, the, the top sort of standard, the, the world-class level of the Premier League? Yeah, I think I think they're on their way. I think they're in transition. Um, I think they're probably one proper defensive midfielder away from from getting there. I think if you look back of the, the of the Liverpool of old, they had Fabinho at, at his prime, who was was excellent, probably as good as Rodri is now for Man City, and you, you saw the impact that Man City had of of, of losing Rodri. Um, and it's almost at that same level of impact. I think the midfield three. They've got obviously they've got options. They've got McAllister to sign for Brighton, Shabozhlai signed from Leipzig, Gravenberg, who obviously Kieran knows from the Dutch league, but was at Bayern for a while. 
So that so they've got they've got good midfield options, but I think they're they're lacking that out and out defensive midfielder, and they've sort of plugged that gap with signing Endo, but he's he's nowhere near the level of that of of, of what Fabinho was back then. Um, so I think they're they're lacking a bit in midfield. Um, but going forwards, as I said, they're as good as I think. Yeah, Nunes as a centre forward, he's probably as compl- as as close to a complete forward as you can get, bar the finishing. Um, Yot has been an excellent player at this level for ages. First at Wolves, now here. Mo Salah, don't need to add anything. Um, Louis Diaz, obviously not sure if he's going to play uh, on Sunday, given the, the tough time he's, he's had with his family back home in, in Colombia. Um, but he's still a fantastic player. Hakpo, XPSV, me and Kieran know him well. Great player. Not not had the rubble of green too, too, too much at Liverpool, but we still know w- what he can do. Um so I think going forwards they're probably stronger than they were under that, that Liverpool of old. But I think defensively they've still got a bit to go. I think they were rolling out clean sheet after clean sheet um, in in that little eighteen month gap. Um, but but now they're, they're struggling a little bit, especially as you said away from home. I think at home they're fine, but away from home difficult. Um, but it's going to be an, an interesting game. Obviously, the, the buzzword being the Gagan press. That, that's how Klopp likes to play. They, they're going to going to press press us really high, and that's what I expect. But we'll probably try and press them pretty high as well. We're at home. I think we we, we press Spurs high, and we uh, and we won the ball high up the pitch. And it's going to be a game of I think a lot of turnovers. I think the, the ball's going to change hands a lot of times, and it's just who can grab hold of that midfield. And I think that's where I see a lot of joy if if we can get. Nakamba and Barkley on the ball, or Nakamba and Pelly, or maybe all three of them. Do we match them up? Just can, can we try and wrestle control in that midfield against uh, Chaboshla and McAllister, who are fantastic players going forward, but aren't as good defensively? Um, so that's where I see a bit of joy for us on Sunday. Um, and tactically, it's going to be so, so interesting. As you've both mentioned, an abundance of attacking talent, but let's focus in on Mo Salah, um, a player who has been sensational at Premier League level for, for, you know, a fair few seasons now. When was, well, I don't know how quite to phrase this, but he's the best player probably coming to Kenilworth Road since when. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back to the last time we had a player of his standard come to Kenilworth Road. Of course, we've had Madison and Son, but, but Salah takes it to another level. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how he fares being a player of, of world-class quality at Kenilworth Road. It is. It's, it's almost like a little spectacle, isn't it? But then we're going to get this all year. Like, we're going to have this sort of conversation of Salah, Haaland, Rashford, whoever like all these best players because we were having this discussion at work about the premier league now like and we were discussing these sorts of like streets will never forget players for context and someone said to me they were like the premier league used to be like some european imports here and there but now the premier league is the best in the world is there's no debate anymore it's not just oh they'll go to england because it's they'll go to england because they are the best in their positions like there's no no two ways about it. And that's all we're going to see. But the key thing for me is you need to unsettle these players. They are world-class for a reason because nine times out of 10, they're unfazed by their environment and they're unfazed by their opponent. And that's why they just score goals or they're so good in defence or 
like Rodri, that midfield example, you can put that man under pressure if you like, but he ain't going to care. He's just going to pass it around and live the dream. But with a player like Salah, you need to unnerve him or do your best to unnerve him and put him off and send him on his right foot and don't do your best to just not put him in positions that are just going to punish you. If you let him have his way, like we did with Diaby and Watkins on Sunday, 2-3-0 for half time. Equally, I think one of the things that's gotten to me the last few games, and I noticed it at Villa, is we're too soft. We give them a lot of time on the ball. We don't like to stick it on them. We don't like to win a second ball. Do you know what? If that ball's in the air, you jump up and you can welly into them. Like give it back because they they will have no hesitation. Like Harland, when he comes to the Kenny, he'll bully any man that comes round. But you need to do the same thing. It's a case of stop showing them so much respect. And that'll be the consensus throughout the rest of the season. Because as good as Salah is, on Sunday, obviously, easy to say, but Luton want to win. Even if it is Liverpool, even if it's Man City, even if it's Brentford or whoever, you want to win. And by showing your opponents too much respect, we're not going to get that. Yeah, I, I think Mo Salah is certainly the best player to come to the Canny since Cheo Benny. Um now, Jake's aside, obviously, we saw that tweet. You've been waiting, little... you've been waiting a while to say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jake's aside, I saw that tweet where, where someone has oh. highlighted Chio as a good Mo Salah replacement, so he's had to say it. Um, but, 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 oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, but no, right. Kieran mentions a fair point. I mean, if you look at matchups, you've got Alfie Doughty on the left against Salah, who's going to be phenomenal pace-wise with matching for sure. If we stick Chio on the left as well in a 4-2-3-1, then it will be Chio and Doughty against Trent and Salah, and that's going to be interest and then that's why I think we'll go to a four two three one. We we all know the the reputation Trent has defensively. Um you've got to get at that. I think putting Ogbene on that left wing against Trent is gonna be so interesting, exciting to see how, how that how that matchup goes. And especially if we can push Salah back as well with with, with Doughty down that left. Um yeah, as Kieran said, just have to get at him. In in that foot race, shoulder to shoulder, just just going on Salah so hard, and 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 hopefully we get the calls in our favour, and hopefully that he doesn't win any soft fouls. Because I think that that that's probably the the, the one thing that's going to be our downfall is if the ref gives Salah too much protection. If he does, then he's going to win lots of fouls, and and it's going to limit our our ability defensively. Um, but you you got to start that way. You just got to start, just go up at up and at them from from minute one. And every week before I do this preview, I write the question uh, to to pose to you boys, where do we hurt them? And I, I want to probably rename this to Chio Ogbene. How, how does Chio, Chio get the most out of this game? And, and you mentioned there, uh, if you put him on the left, he's up against Trent. But if you put him on the right, he's up against Simicas, who, again, defensively, there has to be questions. Um, also, very, very recently, he had uh, the better of him, Ireland versus Greece. Uh, Chio had a fantastic game against him, one man of the match mm-hmm. for Ireland again, and, and consistently got round him and, and posed questions. So I guess wherever he's tasked with, with operating, we can not not expect because you know you can't really expect to to consistently beat a man, but you you can expect him to pose questions, and I think. Even if he starts on the left, goes to the right, I think both Trent and 
um, to Simicast will have a lot to think about. Um, ben has become such a weapon for us and, and we've spoken about him in great detail and he deserves to be spoken in great detail because of the consistency of his performances. And it's just incredible. And I know we've said this time and time again, but we got him on a free. We got Chirog Bene on a free from Rotherham United and, and there was chat as to whether we should be looking at, at championship free agents but what an inspired sign he's turned out to be and we're, we're speaking and we're speaking about him now as a regular starter about a player who we expect to really threaten Liverpool's fullbacks and it, it, in my head it just shows how far he's come in such a short space of time yeah crazy crazy amounts and you can just imagine in the, inside the first 10 minutes when Trent's on that main stand side shooting towards the Kenny, we're going to be raucous from minute one. Chair's going to nip nip the ball and just run. And I, 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 I rate Trent and I think he gets a hard time in terms of, I think he's better defensively than people make him out to be, but he's certainly not a Carl Walker. He's, he, I think he can be got at. Um, and yeah, that, that, that main stand side is going to be massive. Fair point on Simicast in terms of that that recent matchup, um, but I just feel like we've got other threats on that right that that can beat him as well. You got for me Eli if if we can stick Eli on the right, maybe cutting insides and cutting outside. I, I, I think you can chop him left and right. You got Kabore sort of offensively. Can, can he run at um, Simicast as well? Um, I think. We've got enough up front to be able to threaten both fullbacks, but I think Chio on that main stand, the main stand side with Alfie Doughty is a partnership that we've actually not seen too much in, of in in recent weeks. Because I think we've put him on the right sometimes, and and we've gone to like a, a back three or fives. So we've not seen it as much as we had in that in that little run of games at home. Um, but I think it, I think it's time to get that partnership back back out again for this game. We're going to head into a short break. When we're back, we will go through the three polls of the week and we'll also get Jamie and Kieran to give forward sorry, their lineups and their score predictions. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for part two of today's episode where we're previewing uh, Luton's game against Liverpool this coming Sunday. We're now onto the polls and poll one was, would you start Elijah Adebayo over Colton Morris this Sunday? Jamie, I'll come to you first. It's certainly the closest it's ever been, isn't it? In terms of that that sort of number nine, if we were to play a 4-2-3-1 in terms of that, that sole striker, 
I think if you'd have asked me that question start of October, I'd be like, no chance, Morris is our number nine and it would take a lot for him to lose his place. But I think as games have progressed, it's it's becoming closer and closer. Eli has scored twice off the bench now. Um, Morris is struggling a bit. I think he's, I think he'll get there with time, but there comes a time where sometimes you might need to take him out, out, out the far line a little bit. Um, I think for this game, probably not. I think if you look at a game like this, I think it, 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 it's a massive game. Um, and I think to have that, that stronger number nine is probably more important. But having said that, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he, if he did lose his place. So I'm, I'm very much on the fence. I'm going to go with not just yet, but give it a couple more games, a couple more weeks. I definitely will be calling for Eli to start if if what is happening continues. Kieran, what about you? Where do you where do you see yourself on this? And and just for context, we we put as the three answers: yes, no, or start both. Um, but but where would you go here? I mean, the dream scenario is starting both, but tactically, that isn't how we're going to do it. Um, I want to see Eli get given a chance to start the game because it'll be interesting to see how he plays on his own because nine times out of ten when he comes on, again, like you say, it's off the bench or it's with Morris. It's not usually on his own up front. Whereas I want to see him given the chance. Like, obviously he had the chance against Tottenham and bar that chance, he played really well. I want to see it again, to be honest. He's at... Like I said last week, he's that big game player. He rises to the occasion. So give, as a result, give him the reward of that Nottingham Forest goal and that equaliser. Give him the chance to start. Give him that big game moment and see how he thrives. Yeah, it's a difficult one, of course. Um, We had 24% at yes. We had 51% at no with 25% at start both. Um, I think for me, Adebayo to me is very unorthodox and that makes it a lot more difficult for defenders to, I guess, prepare to stop him, if that makes sense. Um, You you think of the goal he scored against Worrell where where he held him off. Um, Morris has wonderful qualities. I think he's one of the most well-rounded strikers, or probably the most well-rounded striker I've seen at, at Kenilworth Road. But I think just pure sheer strength, um, bringing others into play, Elijah Adebayo is fantastic at that. Is this the kind of game where we're going to need that? Um, I'm not too sure. So that's why I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards Morris. But again, I could potentially see Adebayo on the left also. Elijah's doing very well being this, I guess, game changer coming off the bench and, and making an impact. So why can't he do it again in, in this game? So that's why I'd go for I'd go for no, but you can see why it's so close. Um, you, you can see why we've asked the question, I think. Um, it's, it's not as close as I thought, but um, yeah, ultimately there are good a good few answers for each one. Let's go on to poll two. Um, this is one that I'm sure Jamie's going to have a lot to say. Do you expect to see Andrews Townsend start uh, against Liverpool this weekend? And, and Kieran, I'll come to you first. Again, I hope so. His off the ball is very good. Whenever he's come on, 
He's looked promising, set pieces, quality. And I think for me at the moment, I don't, there's no reason why Jacob Brown keeps Townsend out of the team in terms of like for like position change, let's say. There isn't anything that stands out about Jacob Brown where I go, oh, he has to start because Townsend doesn't do this. There's there's no element there. So for me, give Townsend 60, 65 minutes starting from the get-go. Again, big game requires big game players. Andros Townsend has the most experience in the, in the club, minus Ross Barkley. Same as I said with Eli, I'll echo that same thought. Give him that big game chance. Jamie, would you start Andros Townsend this weekend? Yeah, I've got to agree with Kieran. Um, I think if if the conversation is do you start Townsend or Ogbené, then you say no because Ogbené offers offers that that little bit extra. Um, but I agree with Kieran. I, I, I've not seen enough from Brown to make me think he's a guaranteed starter or make or make me think he deserves to keep his place. Um, I think off the ball he gives us a lot. I think in in, in the press he's he's good and. I think in our shape that that we look to maintain away from home, I think he he's a great option. But um, I just think Townsend, in his two substitute appearances now, has also show, shown good glimpses off the ball in terms of in terms of shape, has the experience, um, and I think it's it's time now to to give him a go from the start. I, I don't know whether fitness means he can do ninety minutes, but I think he can certainly do sixty. Um, and in a game like this, as Kieran said, he's got the experience. He's played Liverpool. I don't know how many times, but it's got to be four or five potentially, if not more. Um, so yeah, I think if if there's someone that knows how to play against Liverpool, it's probably going to be Andros Townsend. And yeah, if if it seems like we're no matter the setup, it seems like we we play that front three now. But whether we start with a back three or back four, we play a front three with a single striker and two and two wide players. And it seems like. Ogbené's nailed one, nailed down one of those rightly as, we, as we've said how good he is. Um, so now it's that other one that's up for grabs, and I think right now the closest, if not Eli, I think Eli's double on the left, but if not Eli, I think it's got to be Townsend. And before we reveal how that that poll uh, fared, I'll just put another question to to you. If we're mentioning Townsend there as a potential Brown replacement. If it's still deemed that, that Townsend um, needs another appearance from the bench in terms of his recovery, would you be more tempted to to play Chong over Brown? Do you think that that Chong uh, provides more than than Brown? And, and speaking about this particular test, we spoke about Simicast and and uh, being you know very attacking, but but lacks somewhat defensively do you think Chong is somebody that could get more joy than say Brown I think against Liverpool no I think I would rather the off the ball from the start against Liverpool if it was a a Forest at home or a Sheffield United at home or or Bournemouth at home or or Burnley at home I probably would go for Chong because I think we're, we're looking for more on the ball as well as um but I think off the ball from the start is 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 really important. So for that, I would go Brown over Chong. Um, but I think Townsend gives us enough of off the ball to to start uh, to start over Brown in, in that situation. Yes. So going on to how that poll ended up, we had fifty five percent who want to see Andrews Townsend start against Liverpool this week, and forty five percent at no. 
conclude in the polls we had um, a different one one that's not necessarily looking for uh, looking ahead to this game it's more of a reflection on what we've seen so far we had which game has left you most disappointed this season um i didn't want to put performance or result i, I wanted to take everything into account here um so performance and result so we had as the options, the Burnley loss, we had the Villa loss, we had the Fulham loss, and we also had another category for other because I think you could probably put um, another couple of games into that. I'll start with you, Kieran. What would you say is the most disappointed you've left a Luton game this season? I think for me, it's actually quite unanimous. I didn't even need three seconds to think about it. It's Wolves at home. It stank of just opportunity. It just, you get a man sent off after 30 minutes and the opposing team set up four at the back, looking leaky with 10 men. And we do absolutely nothing about it. And I said before the halftime whistle, I went, the second they go in, they'll make a sub, they'll go five at the back and they will shut up shop and they'll throw Neto up front and they will score first. What happened? that exact scenario, and then we're sat chasing a game against 10 men when they can afford to then lump everyone behind the ball, and we put ourselves in a near-impossible situation and escaped, in air quotes, with a point in a game where, in reality, we should have taken all three. Um, If you're sort of combining disappointment over performance, disappointment over result, disappointment over every factor, that, for me, was two points dropped without a shadow of a doubt. Tottenham, disappointing. Could we have nicked it? Maybe on a different day. But was I that was I that surprised? No. But again, 10 men. But it's Tottenham. They're top of the league. So in hindsight, it is what it is. Fulham was just gutting. But one of those days, they have one chance, one goal. West Ham, let's not even talk about refs because they're all fucking useless anyway. So, but Wolves where everything went our way for once, because that doesn't happen very often. Every variable was swinging Luton Town's favour and we just did not capitalise on it. And that's where I've left the ground thinking, fuck off, we should have had that. I'm not just disappointed, but almost angry because we deserved it in every facet, apart from just the performance wasn't up to it. Jamie, do you have anything else in mind? I think for me... My answer is equally clear as day, but I'd go Burnley at home. I think far, far, far away was Burnley at home. Um, I think that's the one league game this season where I can say that was a subpar performance. I think Wolves overall, we played well. We should have got three points, but we didn't. My One of my favourite sayings is, if you can't win, don't, don't lose. And we didn't. We got a draw. Fine just sort of got a point and go on to the next game. But equally, if you can't win, don't lose. To lose that game against Burnley 1-1, the way we were pressing and pressing, equalised from, from Adebayo, and then in that split second, as only one team was going to win that, 60 seconds later, cut inside, Bryn Larson, Curler, 2-1. And I was so deflated um, walking out of that ground, um, just thinking, how the hell have we lost that? I think... To, to be fair to Burnley, they played really well, and I and I think on paper they probably could have set, could, could come away saying that they deserved the three points based on their performance because we were subpar. But still, to 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 not 
get a point from that was, was difficult to take. And I think I agree with Kieran in terms of Wolves. They weren't great on the day. But if you look at the wider season, they've beat City, they've drawn to Newcastle, they've won at Bournemouth. Like, they're a, a much better side than, than we've initially thought they might be when they sacked Lopetegui and appointed O'Neill. Whereas Burnley, outside of our game, they've looked dire. They're, they've looked as, as bad as Sheffield United. I think on the ball, they're, they're a very good side, but they're just not structurally, tactically set out for this league at the minute. And Company's got to change it quick or he's going to go, in my, in my opinion. Um, so that, that hurts, I think. OK, we'll, we'll be sat here right now, potentially still third bottom or fourth bottom, but we'd be four points clear of the bottom two. Clear as day, the best of the three promoted sides, but that that win, or that win for Burnley, that that loss for us, is just sort of letting them back in it a little bit. Um, so that for me, that that's the one game this season that really stings. Um, and and we didn't need. Well, I think we we should we shouldn't have lost that lost that game. A point again, you'd have taken it. If you can't win, don't lose. But to lose that was it hurt. I think that was the important aspect of why we asked this question because if we would have gone um performance you you obviously can categorize that Burnley one the probably based on performance Villa as well uh, the way that the, the way that played out um but but then when you look in solely at result you you put something like Fulham in there you put potentially West Ham as well in there um so yeah it, it's quite an interesting one but when you when you combine everything, I have to say, I have to go for the Burnley one. Um, and it's the element that you spoke about, Jamie, is that deflation. It was the fact that we we seemed to be up in the gears and, and probably deservedly got the goal. But then to to have everything wiped away so quickly against a side who, who you know, haven't gone on to um, prove anything since that um, is, is very disappointing. So, yeah, that Burnley loss for me, um, has to be has to be number one, and that is how the Luton fan base also reacted. They had eighty three percent with the Burnley loss. There was eleven percent with the Fulham loss, four percent with the Villa loss, and other was two percent. And there's there's a few games that you can probably categorise into that. Let's turn attention back to the Liverpool game this coming Sunday. Jamie, I want to hear your starting eleven. This is always tough. This it's always one of the toughest parts of the pods. I think you, you can chat for days around various things in in games, but then to pick the starting eleven from a squad of twenty five is difficult. Um, so, Rob Edwards, if you're watching this, I have I don't envy you one bit in terms of the the difficult choices you have to make. Um, for me, I think I've already said that I think we'll go with a four two three one. Um, I just think that's the best way I think of stopping Liverpool on, on Sunday. So in goal goes about saying Kaminsky for me, one of the best keepers in terms of shot stopping in the league at the minute. Um, one of our best keepers for a long time. Um, so absolutely number one back for left back picks itself. Alfie Doughty, um, central defenders. Well, Lockyer is captain gets one of them. Um, I think I'm going to be, a bit different. I'm going to go Mengi to partner Lock here because I'm going to play Osho right on the right, right back of a four. Just again, just to add that bit of defensive solidity. I think Reese Burke has done it on a, on a few occasions. I think Osho is 
as good as Reese Burke in terms of that fullback. I mean, it, even Nathan Jones said it, I think, in a previous season where when they were looking at James Bree backups, he mentioned Gabe Osher as one of the first ones to, to back up James Bree. So he's always been thought of as someone that that can play there. Um, so that's the back four and keeper. Midfield two, I'm going to go Nikamba and Pelly because I'm going to play Barkley in the number 10. Just that bit more of a structure in, in that midfield. And I think, like I said, Liverpool's, Liverpool's midfield can be got at. Um, so having a bit of bit of pressing power in there for, with, with Pelly and Nakamba, I think is, is is going to be massive for us. Ogbeni gets gets one of the wide roles, so I'm going to put Ogbeni wide left. Um, I've said Townsend should start, so I'm going to play Townsend wide right. And then for me, for now, Morris up top. But equally, if Eli starts, I wouldn't be against that or, or, or be surprised. Um, so that is my four two three one for Sunday. Before we hear Kieran's, Jamie, you you annoy me so much because I thought I was going to be cool and edgy by suggesting Osho in that right back role. And now it's <laughs> Cheers for that. <laughs> Kieran, what's your team? Oh, lads, we'll be happy to hear that I don't have Gabe Osho at right back. So no edgy picks for me. Um, but I am going to go with Kaminsky and Net back four. From left to right of Doughty, Lockyer, Osho and Kabore. I'm going to bench Mengi. Sorry, pal. Nakamba and Pelly in that double pivot. Barkley sat in front. Obene, Townsend. Elijah Adebayo, baby. Luton's DDA Drogba. Thank you very much. <laughs> and to, to cap it off, I've also gone 4 2 3 1. I've got Kaminsky. I've got Doughty. I've got. Who have I got? I've got Lockyer, Mengi, Osho, and then trying to. It's always difficult, isn't it? It's always tr- difficult to remember who you've said. But Nakamba, Pelly, left, Eli, central, um, Barkley, right, or Bene for that, that Tassimakas uh, 2.0 battering. Um, and then Morris up top. That leaves us to go for score predictions. And Kieran, I want to hear yours first. All right, here we go. Um, Luton one, Liverpool two. Jamie? I think we'll take the lead. I think Liverpool will peg us back and go 2-1 up. But I think we're going to get a late equaliser. Luton Town 2, Liverpool 2. Always sitting on the fence, aren't you? <laughs> That's positive, mate. Come on. <laughs> um, I would take, I would yeah, take a point home Liverpool, that's for sure. That, that, that is a bonus point in my book. And it's, yeah, more positive than me and Kieran because I'm also going to go for a 2-1 defeat. That is it for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining. A big thank you to everyone continuing to watch and listen on whatever you watch and listen our podcast on. As we mentioned at the top of the show and as we've put out on social media, our giveaway is live. So make sure to check us out on Twitter. It's our pinned tweet. And also, if you want to check out it on Facebook and Instagram, it's there too. Until after the Liverpool game it is goodbye from us
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.